What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Well, Ohio State jumped LSU for the number one spot in the college football rankings last night. I will admit, I did not see that coming. I thought they'd keep Ohio State number two, so I was pleasantly surprised by that. The Buckeyes are now back to the number one spot in the nation, but that won't matter if they don't take care of business this week, so let's get right down to brass tacks. The game backs three days away. Buckeyes favored by nine and a half points at last check. High noon, Michigan Stadium, Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson at the controls. It seems like they do every Buckeye game. Let's go kind of backwards to forwards here. What is your prediction for this game? Who is going to win? Well, obviously I think Ohio State's going to win. I think they're the best team in the country. And uh, there's, there's two ways I've looked at this game, and I've been telling this to people pretty much since the moment the Penn State game ended. There's my brain who looks at these teams and goes, there's not a lot of things I can point at that Michigan does better than OSU. In fact, there's almost nothing I can point at. Uh, My brain is sitting here, analytically speaking, if I was a UCLA fan gambling on a weekend trip to Vegas, I'd pick OSU and not even blink about it because I'd figure they'd kill Michigan. Then there's the me, who is an actual Buckeye and never takes this game like even though I've lived through the greatest period to be a Buckeye in the history of the rivalry. Um, and my heart says it's going to be closer than I want it to be. Uh, so my, my official pick on this one is 31-20 for the Buckeyes. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that Michigan can handle OSU. Uh, and the bottom line is this. This is probably the most commonly thrown around stat in this game, but I think it really applies. 18 straight years the winning team in the rushing battle wins the game. Well, right now, Michigan's averaging 155 yards a game rushing, and Ohio State's averaging 285 yards a game rushing. It's not a comparison. It's 2-1. to one. It's kind of like the Penn State game was in that it was 2-1 to one in yardages, and the game should never have been an 11-point game. It should have been far worse. So looking at it that way, that 31-20 score might seem wimpy on my end, but that's me with goes, but I genuinely think Ohio State is by far the better team in this matchup, and assuming they don't drop the ball on the field four times again, that's the way I expect it to play out. There's some minor concerns about Justin Fields' health. Maybe some people are majorly concerned. Ryan Day was asked about it yesterday at his press conference. Um, he did say like some good things, like, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. And he, Some people are jumping on this. I think this is kind of a throwaway line, but he said, we expect him to be fine. And some people are saying, oh, man, this is probably pretty bad, or he would have said, oh, there's nothing at all. 
he, but he said that after a long answer. He was just kind of talking about how he's, yeah, yeah. And he was more talking about, when he gave that answer back, so he was more talking about the play late in the game where it looked like, oh, crap, is this to a tug of Violello, like part two here? Like, what happened there with his leg? And it turns out maybe it scared him more than anything, probably hurt in, in various spots, but it turns out knee, whatever was hurting there, that you know, ankle that he fell on, turns out that that was just probably not too much to worry about. But he also hurt his thumb earlier in the game, fortunately his non-throwing thumb, his left thumb. And uh, so I, I don't even think Ryan Day was even talking about the thumb when he said, you know, we expect him to be fine. But, of course, you know, some people are paranoid. They're jumping on that. We're just spitballing here, but are you concerned about Justin Fields' health? And if you are concerned, how concerned are you? He got up this, off the field, jogged off, and ran around celebrating after the game. The thumb thing, look, everybody gets dinged here and there. That happens, right? You get hit when you hold the football, and they ran fields 21 times in that game. Uh, you want to have a criticism of OSU running the ball too much? It was probably fields too much. But, you know, it's, it's a year where he hasn't really ran the ball nearly what we're used to seeing from quarterbacks, so we're not throwing our usual fit about the quarterback running the ball too much. If there was ever a predictable criticism during the Meyer years before Dwayne Haskins, it was, why we run the quarterback too much? So I, I'm not worried about Fields. I'm not. Like, I, I don't think he's hurt. I think it's a Michigan fan's fever dream, hoping that something's wrong with Fields so they don't have to face him. Uh, Fields looks perfectly fine. Even after he got hit in the thumb on that fumble going into the end zone, he threw two beautiful touchdown passes after that. He was 16 for 22 passing in that game for 188 yards and two touchdowns and looked very good throwing the football. So I'm not worried about Justin Fields. All the things I'm worried about going into this game, Justin Fields has a secret hidden injury that nobody's aware of other than having watched him go down on the field and then get back up and look perfectly fine afterwards, is nowhere near the top ten of my concerns about this game. But whatever. Yeah, and if you're throwing a football, obviously your left thumb, even if you're a right-handed quarterback, is important. I'm not going to act like it's not. But um, you give a whole week, assuming it's not broke or something, some people are out there opining, it. what if it's broke? First of all, there's different degrees of, you know, of injury if it's, it's you have something that's broken. Could it be a small fracture? Could it be, like, just a, you know, a complete break? There's, you know, which bone is it? So, I mean, when people say it's a broken thumb, first of all, no one knows for sure what's going on with that. Um, but my guess is he's got a, probably a sore left thumb. So will that affect him a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it would. But, again, it's not his throwing thumb, and they're going to be able to find a way to manage that. I think he's going to be fine. I agree with you 100%. Um, and another concern here, um, or a possible concern, is the weather. It is interesting to me that Ohio State's three biggest games – Presuming the, the weather forecast holds for uh, Ann Arbor this Saturday, you know, Wisconsin, Penn State, now this week it's going to be you know, somewhat bad weather. It doesn't look like it's going to be terrible. And Again, who knows if the weather forecast is going to hold back. But as of this morning, they're calling for you know, a rain-snow mix, kind of, late, kind of a light snow before the game begins. And as the game begins, maybe more of a, a snow and rain mix. Um, temperatures in the mid to upper 30s. Uh, precipitation, 60%. So that's not too bad. I'm not saying it's like 100% going to be like raining. Hopefully it stays somewhat dry. Um, right now it doesn't look like it will. Winds, it looks like it's going to be a lot windier than it was for the Penn State game. Not crazy wind, but they're saying about 13-mile-per-hour winds. Again, hopefully the weather changes. It's the same for both teams. But as you always point out, backs. You can say it's the same for both teams, but you pointed this out last week, and this proved true in the Penn State game. It's not about – 
it's the same for both teams. We all get that. But if you feel like you're the more talented team, you want to eliminate the randomness factor or at least mitigate it. And with bad weather, you you enhance the randomness factor. And that, that would be my concern here just like it was last week, as you pointed out. Like for all those people who are like, oh, being a big wuss about the weather. Well, guess what? In the third quarter, it started misting. And what happened? Back-to-back fumbles that they probably don't lose if the ball isn't a little bit slippery. So that's the random chance. Now, I feel better about bad weather in this game than I did during the Penn State game. Here's why. While there's the random factor, which as the better team, you want to eliminate as many random variables as you can, because if all the controls are in place, you're going to win. Michigan's success the last couple weeks has been thoroughly the byproduct of Shea Patterson throwing the football to Bell, to Peoples-Jones, and, of course, to Nico Collins, who is one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. If you have a bad day where it's cold and it's not the best elements to throw the football, then what was that rushing attack we just talked about? The one where OSU's nearly 300 yards a game and Michigan's at 150? OSU is not going to let them run the ball on them, especially if there's no passing threat. And Shea Patterson is averaging like a yard a carry this year. He's not some scary running quarterback threat. OSU is by far the better running game. So if we're worried about, like, elements that are going to eliminate the ability to throw the football very well, that's an advantage for OSU. It's not like last week where, you know, if you're talking about a running game and you take away the passing attack and you have a guy in Clifford who can run the ball as well and you have a short passing game to Fryermuth, which is more superior than any of our tight end passing, and they have decent running backs, then you get that as a, it's a more enclosed, tighter game. That could have been uh, not what OSU was looking to do. Now, luckily, the Buckeyes ran the football down Penn State's throat. That's a top-10 run defense that they ran for 230 yards against. But if you're going to ask OSU or Michigan and say which one of the games is going to be the one who makes the difference, it's going to be the running game for OSU that is asking you 300 yards a game on the ground. I put it blunter than that. So if there's a passing game elimination in here and both teams only throw for 100 yards, OSU is going to win because they're going to run the ball way better than, uh, than Michigan, and they're going to defend the run way better too. Yeah, I'm not breaking news here, but whoever wins this game in the trenches is going to win the game. You know, unless something crazy happens where, like, a team, you know, like Michigan wins the turnover battle by, like, plus four or something like that or plus three, and, you know, there's crazy special teams plays. I won't even see all, all things being equal. You know, unless if something crazy happens, like what I just mentioned, this game will be won in the trenches, and I, I agree with you. That's why I feel good about this. On both sides of the ball for Ohio State, I want to look at Ohio State's defensive line going against Michigan's offensive line. I think Michigan has a solid offense. Offensive line, um, they're expected. You know, a lot of people because they had so many starters back thought they'd be a great offensive line. They certainly are not great or elite or anything close to that. They're solid, but Ohio State's defensive line is fantastic, as we all know. Devon Hamilton is a guy that we don't talk about enough. Uh, Chase Young, of course, gets plenty of talking, and you know, rightfully so. He is the man. He should be in New York City as a Heisman finalist, as should Justin Fields. But Devon Hamilton, man, he is just a beast in there, and uh, you know, you know, you. Know, Pick your poison up there, and then there's more than that. Ohio State's got about you know, they got about ten defensive linemen that are, are quality players. But you know, Devon Hamilton is a guy that I think we all expected would step up this year. Backs, he's even exceeded my expectations, and I expected a lot out of him. Yeah, uh, it's not just Devon Hamilton. Look at just Sean Cornell, who was kind of an after this Good year point. for the Buckeyes. He's made tons of plays, right? And then we were all worried B. Landers was not going to have enough help inside. I mean, he's been. I'm not on the field as much as we think because you're able to rotate so many D tackles. 
not just Chase Young. You got Tyreek Smith. You've got uh, Zach Harrison making the difference on the edges. The truth is, this is a great D line. And the other thing about Michigan that gives me a lot of confidence is, is that they were ta- one of their guards, Ben Bredesen, was talking about how, hey, uh, yeah, well, you know, we've played lots of great players this year, and we'll just match up and go. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Wisconsin just matched up and went. Penn State just matched up and went. And in two games, it was seven sacks. So Chase Young is a cheat code right now. And I'll be real honest. Look at the running backs that Michigan has. Haskins and Charbonnet are young, inexperienced. They're not lights-out kind of runners. They're not the kind of guys who are going to make five people miss and run the ball down the field. I mean, they're okay, right? I, it's not like they have a game-breaking tailback. Chris Perry's not coming back to the Michigan backfield, you know? Uh, I don't see that. And, by the way, Shea Patterson looks really good when nobody pressures him. What's going to happen this game? He's going to get pressured. And we saw last year how that pressure went. So, you know, I'm not – you can't discount their chances. Particularly, again, Nico Collins is every bit as good in his own way as K.J. Hamler. I think Nico Collins is easily the scariest guy on their offense by a mile. And the good part about him is much like K.J. Hamler, if you disrupt the quarterback and the quarterback doesn't play very well and he's running for his life, he's not going to get the ball very much. And by the way, OSU has two potential first-round corners on the field at any time. So, you know, this is, this is a blue team that is powered by their passing game. And if their passing game doesn't succeed, the backfield are going to be getting run over all day by OSU's front four. All right, last thing. Now, obviously, Ohio State's going to win. There's no doubt about it. But let's play devil's advocate for a second because um, this is a question. We talked about it you know, on Monday's show with Bill Green. People have asked me on various radio shows I've been on. Friends and family ask me about this. I, I hate this question when people ask it uh, to me, so I'm going to ask you, Bax. Um, <laughs> if Ohio State, God forbid, they lose to Michigan um, and they don't get blown out. It's a close game. You know, they lose by a, you know, a single score maybe 10 points at the most, whatever. Um, they go on and they handle their business in the Big Ten championship game. You know, it's not a close game. It's not necessarily a blowout, but they win by two or three scores in the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin or Minnesota. Is 12-1 and Ohio State, not probably, not maybe, is 12-1 and Ohio State Big Ten champion with a loss to Michigan? Are they in the college football playoff for sure in your mind? Uh, that is a dirty rat bastard question, and anybody who asks it should be smacked. Um, because the only thing that matters this week is beating the Wolverines. This is the entire the season. I'm glad we're on yeah. the phone and you no, can smack me right now. Yeah. You're teleportation, Mr. Biddle. You get Rochambeau'd real quick. Um, the the truth is that there is no discussion of it being a successful season if you don't beat Michigan. To give you a dirty and quick answer, yes, they would be in if they win the Big Ten, but somehow lose this game. But even if they win the national championship but lose this game, I don't consider this season a success because you have to beat Michigan for it to be a successful season. The end, no doubt about national championship. It would be the first unsuccessful national championship season in the history of national championships. Absolutely. You do at Ohio State. There is no such thing as a good season where you lose to the Wolverines. That is not an option. And this is Ryan Day's first game as a head coach. This is a precedent setter for him. There's even more importance on it. And while I don't buy into this idiocy that he doesn't quote get the rivalry because he didn't grow up here, 
He just spent the last two years on staff with Urban. He knows exactly what's in this rivalry right now. And guess what? I didn't grow up in Ohio. I'm pretty sure I get the rivalry pretty well after having gone to OSU and lived in Ohio for a while now. So in the end, yes, I want the Buckeyes to win a national championship this year. We've talked about that all year. But there, it's, it's the equivalent of, like, winning the lottery the day before you die. Why, congratulations, right? You, you're still dead. You won the national championship, but you're dead inside because you lost to the Wolverines. You don't lose the game. Atlanta's more upset saying about that in, uh, in Ironic. You win the lottery and die the next day. First yeah. of all, all those things, that's a good song. Most of the stuff in there, maybe all of the things that she says are ironic in that song are actually not ironic. That's just things that suck, yeah. you know, that are unfortunate. But, yeah, that you just when you said that, it's like, yeah, winning the lottery and dying the next day. Alanis Morissette. I'm with you, man. I, it would be so weird. I, I, it almost feels like for Ohio State, like that should make them ineligible. If, <laughs> if you lose to Michigan, it's like at the back in the day, like you have to win the Big Ten to, to even go to a bowl game, period, you know, back in like the 60s and – it almost feels like from an Ohio State perspective, if you lose to Michigan, you should be like eliminated from contention for the national championship. It's just not the case in the modern era of football. But I'm with you. It would be a weird feeling. I would say it would be – I'm not with you. I don't think it would be an unsuccessful season. It would just be weird. Uh, but I hear – I like where your heart is at, though, because – and again, this is just, we're playing devil's advocate here. Ohio State's going to win. It's really irrelevant. All right, my friend, I kept you for longer than what I meant to. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope all the Bucknunners have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be here on Friday with Jay Book. Let's go to Buckeye Swag, best damn band in the land. now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.